Welcome to Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. This is where I help strong, capable women excavate the inner garbage in their life so they can become more confident and have more clarity on who they are and how they really want to be in the world. We have rich, juicy conversations about, yeah, you guessed it, empowerment, but also about radiating your brilliance and loving yourself more than you ever have in your life. And who doesn't want that? So join me now for another empowering chat. Welcome to Empowering Chats, and we are now in the month of Merry Old May, and we are talking about reemergence this year in 2022. How do we choose to reemerge into our lives? And so the month of May, the theme is enthusiasm. So let me tell you what enthusiasm is. Absorbing or controlling the possession of the mind by any interest or pursuit. So something that's absorbing us or maybe possessing us because we're so interested in it or it's something we want to pursue with a fervor, intensity, um, ardor, devotion, emotion, joyfulness. Those are descriptors. But the other word for enthusiasm is this idea of the breath of God within each of us. God within. So the week, this month, we're going to be talking to uh, really amazing guests that have either had to bring enthusiasm into their lives again with fervor, intensity, or um, they're just so happy to be here. And they're those amazing light leaders that just keep on ticking regardless. So enthusiasm, where do you experience or express enthusiasm in your life? That's a good question. I think I'm gonna have to think about that. Anyway, enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. So uh, my guest today is has become one of my favorite people. Um, he's one of my personal healing helpers. I have many on the unseen side and I have many on this side of, you know, the veil. And uh, he and I met a year ago and I started doing work with him and the work that he does, I'm just letting y'all know, is phenomenal. Uh, My personal experience working with this man has shifted and changed and supported me throughout a year uh, that for me personally, was all about my inner healing. So I want to welcome Scott Clover. Thanks. Thanks for joining me, Scott. Thanks for having me. Nice to see you again. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to see you see you. Yeah. So when we met last year, you had been recommended to me by another uh, acquaintance, Tiffany Barnes. And, um, and so we chatted and I thought, well, I should do a session with you. You suggested do a session with me. So you know what I do. And then I had you on the show. So for everybody that didn't hear that show, um, I suggest you go to it. Uh, it was about this time last year in 2021, go to it and, um, listen to a lot more of what Scott does and his explanation, because Scott's a somatic healer an energy healer and, Oh, so much more. <laughs> is there any other other adjective you want to add to that list? Well, I use my intuition. So it's not just uh, pecking at straws or, or guessing uh, where the root of your issue is. I have a 
facility or I have a way about when I, the way I see energy, especially in people's bodies or people's energy fields, that I can really see where some of the roots either are embedded in the body or embedded in your story. Because a lot of people, a lot of people in their midlife have told themselves the same story so many times to try and make themselves feel better from the age of seven, that it doesn't really resemble that story anymore. So it's harder to heal it. So you come and see somebody like me who has an intuitive sense about them. And then I can be guided to the root of an issue. And it's a lot easier to heal the the whole issue if you start at the root, as opposed to superficially going down. Think of it as trying to kill a weed from the top, but you don't kill the the root. So what I do with my intuition is I push the root up from below and it gets exposed or it gets seen. And as we know in quantum physics, the, when the universe is observed, it changes. Mm-hmm. So if you have somebody like me guiding you through your subconscious or guiding through you through your childhood to say, oh, what happened at seven? You know, a lot of times I'll, I'll notice when people, I'll, it happened yesterday. I said, oh, did you move when you were seven? Did you change houses? Or when people change schools or if they lost a friend or their friendship circles changed in middle school, for example, these have an effect that ripples out over your lifetime and can change the relationships you have or can affect the relationships you have with your adult partners, your adult friends, because you're still trying to placate that wounded or hurt child that may have gone through something. And so the story gets overlaid, 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 and and to the point that you don't recognize it anymore. So observation, I say in my work, is about 55% of of the healing. Once you observe the pattern realistically for what it is, as I call it, accepting existing realities, you know, a lot of us were betrayed by people we cared about, family members, Mm -hmm. uh, extended family members, something like that. And if we want to give them the benefit of the doubt, then that betrayal is always going to sit inside of us, right? And so if you express to yourself, oh, I was hurt by this action, then you have a better chance of resolving it in your own body your own story. And sometimes, you know, as, as they say, your biology is your biography. So these stories can get locked in the body or these emotional codes or these emotional coagulations, as I see them, can get locked in the body. And over years or decades, that can become a physical ailment. Mm-hmm. And, and that's exactly what happened to me. Um, at, as you know, as, as you know, some of it, it is, uh, I became a type one diabetic at age 32 and almost Mm. died in the, in the process of that because no doctor could kind of see I was beyond the juvenile diabetes age. I was, you know, the, the anomaly, right. Like I always like to be. Um, (laughs) So, but it was uh, the process of becoming diabetic was definitely had a a different route, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, and yes. not even what people want to tell me is the root of, you know, like being joyless, joyous, joyless. And so you need to find the sweetness. And I can't even tell you how many times I've heard that shit. The, the, so, so for me, um, getting to the root is the thing that I love most about working with you, Scott, because I don't have to run a story with you. You just go right in and you find, (laughs) you're like, Oh, here, you ask me one or two questions and we together are able to yank that out or transmute it, or you give me um, exercises to help me release it. 
Um, and, and, and then I go, I go on with my life and I'm, I'm better. It, it's almost like, um, <laughs> I, I want to say, it's almost like you're like the rotor rooter guy, you know, you, 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 you cut, when, when we work together, you find the, the one or two things that have been hiding from me yes. that I've been looking at to try, because I always do my inner work. I always am like investigating and letting go of old belief systems, letting go of ancestral paradigms that have been downloaded in into my body. And I'm saying that out loud, everybody, because we all have some ancestral lineage and um, generational stuff that gets passed down that we have or are given, and we don't even know we're fighting through that too. Correct. And that can be a thought processes that your great, great grandmother or grandfather had. It could be a trauma that one of them went through. It could be a vexing or a curse or the evil eye, depending on where your ancestors are from. There's certain parts of the world that I ask my clients, where are your people from? And if they come from certain parts of the world, there's generally some residual uh, negative energies that get passed down through, through the lineage. Yeah. And this is a different lineage than your soul lineage, which is like reincarnation. This is genetic passed down through memories and blood from grandfather to grandson, et cetera. Um, so all those things can factor in. So Scott, because you said it's different from the soul, um, it's the genetic thing. Uh, well, I want to I, I want to be clear. It's it's people throw around genetics too easily to as an excuse for why people are sick. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about it, it gets passed down from from the family line, right? A lot of genes need to be turned on or expressed. Just because a grandmother has breast cancer and a mother has breast cancer and the daughter gets it, that's not necessarily genetics as much as it is a vibrational transference or a mimicry of an anomaly or a, a sense of uh, a lack of feeling safe. And if you don't feel safe or you get your heart broken in your heart chakra and or you don't feel supported because you're a mother and you overgave, then, then you see all these cases of breast cancer. So yes. it, it can be a depleted energy. It's almost like the, the, the pool or the bowl was empty too long, mm -hmm. right? If we don't replenish ourselves by overgiving, if we're an overgiver, and a lot of people listening to this are probably overgivers. Um, if we don't take the time to replenish ourselves and, and take advantage of what we offer to other people, to our own self, then you're going to have some sort of depletion or you're going to be off balance. Yeah. So and if it, you give 70% and only receive 15, that's going to take its toll very quickly. And over time, it really builds up. You guys, he's talking about me. He, he's <laughs> talking about me. So and we know he's talking about me. Um, well, no, I'm no, it's, it, you're not special in this instance. This is aww. very common. <laughs> it's very common for people to just mothers, especially um, to overgive. It's just part of what we were trained to do. Mm -hmm. um, and then women from specific cultures also are trained to be submissive and they may not be told verbally to be submissive, but it's in the culture. Mm -hmm. And if you come from one of those cultures, then I sense it almost immediately. And I say, okay, you're an Italian female. And because of that, that means these things have happened to you or in your, in your surroundings. 
right? If you were raised in a Jewish family, that has a different vibration to it than if you were raised Methodist or agnostic. Right. Um, ideologies, dogma gets passed down and then we have to metabolize it. And some people don't metabolize it as an outside force. They actually try to make it their own. And in doing so, then you have an issue because it's not your issue. But if you adopt it, uh-huh. then you're going to, if you adopt that issue, then it's your responsibility to let go of it. And that's been my daily do. Okay. It, because, um, so last year, uh, when I was doing my inner work, I've shared this before on my show. Um, I, I came to a point of, again, feeling apt, feeling, having this low self-esteem, this feeling devalued, un, unlovable or unworthy of receiving or whatever. And I had heard this before in my intuition that this, what, I mean, I've been in therapy, you know, the therapist is like, what happened to you that you don't have any self-esteem? Nothing really happened to me as a small child that I could say, oh, it's when, you know, whatever. But this last year, what I saw is it was a generational, um, passing down on the feminine side of my family. Mm-hmm. And, and then I later saw on, on the masculine side of my family that yes. for whatever reason, and I went back as far as I could, I mean, like several generations to find out where the initiating cause was to, for the women at least to feel worthless. And, and that, go, and it actually went back centuries. Well, I, less than, Worthless is is really quite dramatic. Yes, um, but there are there were women that were simply chattel. Oh, correct. Treated they, they worthlessly. Weren't, they weren't correct. less than. At correct. least in my in my lineage. Yeah. Um, I get that. On the masculine side, there was less than, you know, uh, because the masculine side was the one that was the more important side in all those years. Right. And going back to something you brought up earlier is uh, one of the things that I've noticed, especially since the lockdown started a few years ago, is people either having the ability to look inside themselves Mm -hmm. and try to excise some of their stories or regulate or metabolize some of them that, that, that weren't understandable. But what I realized is, once again, going back to my intuition, I have a tendency to find parts of your subconscious that have what I call an invisibility cloak around them. Yeah. It's almost like I see a seven or eight year old in your psyche that is, you know, looks a little homeless. It's dirty. It's basically, you know, like it's Oliver Twist kind of thing. And they're wearing actually an invisible cloak because the whole point of keeping that story gone, going is to protect them. And it's prote- right. to protect that seven-year-old psyche. Well, now you're 47 years old or you're 38 years old. You don't need that seven-year-old protecting itself. But if you can't see it, if you look around and don't see it because it's obfuscating itself, it's hiding because it doesn't want to be accepted or, or um, brought back into the fold. That's when I have a tendency to, to help clients see part of where they've covered up or cloaked their Mm -hmm. childhood psyche for protection. But in the long run, it's not protecting them anymore. It's, it's causing, you know, major issues through their, their relationships or their work life or their home life, because they're still scared or they're still afraid somewhere deep down in their psyche. And I have a way of seeing that and then presenting that 
scared child in their psyche. And as we observe it, it very much or very often can grow up as we perceive it. It can start at a seven-year-old. By the time the session's over, it's in its teenage years. I so love that, that, that you're able to support people in that because that's really, uh, having done this on my own for a lot of times, it's so much easier to have a support system like you, Scott, to, to guide through what the steps are. And then it's not, it's not uh, as painful or as scary because there's somebody there with you helping. Correct. Correct. And since I'm the one perceiving it originally, you can experience it uh, gradually it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be such an affront to your system because mm-hmm. a lot of times when people are affronted with it, that's when they react or, you know, the word is triggered, things like that. Yeah. So we come at it um, somewhat gracefully with compassion, with curiosity, not with judgment. Which is a hard thing to do when you're the one that's got the, sorry, when you're the one that's got the shit inside going, you know, wanting to come out. Well, yeah. Uh, who wants to look at their own stuff? frailties you know we're trained not to do that we're trained not to accept our own frailties well accepting them changes them accepting them lets them out lets them breathe lets them grow because right now a lot of people a lot of adults are walking around with scared aspects not all of their aspects of their of their personality but there's certain aspects of, of most adults personalities that still have a childish fear or a childish uh destabilizing energy or they don't feel safe especially if you come from a household of trauma or abuse or alcoholism, uh, things like that, that uh, once again, those patterns then get heightened. And a lot of times when you grow up in a household where you're pretending to be okay, or you're pretending to be somebody to protect you against the, the perpetrator or the person that's, that's causing harm in the household, you grow up and then you forget what your nervous system is actually supposed to feel like. Oh, yeah. And so that's what I go in as I help people understand where their nervous system is excitable, where they're feeling over electric or under electric, whether it's in their auric field that isn't supporting them or their chakra system, their energy fields inside their bodies. Um, A lot of people growing up with those instances that I refer to have an issue with their own nervous system as an adult because they weren't sure what it was supposed to feel like as a child. So they have no baseline. That's where the somatics that I do comes in is, is we understand and, and there's certain technologies we can use to get you to feel inside your own body more safely or uh, understandably with less judgment. So these things can come to the surface to be observed. And once they're observed, they can be healed. Yeah. But if they're not observed, you're going to have a hard time healing it. And, and then whatever else it's you're ignoring is going to multiply and join you with, and then you've got a bigger, a bigger dealy do than if you had just looked at it. Right. And a lot of times for people, it's combined with grief, which lands in the lungs, which causes either breathing issues or lack of chi. So a lot, a lot of people hold grief in their lungs and we can grieve things that aren't good for us. You're grieving your ex-husband or you're grieving your ex-partner or you're grieving your business partner who was terrible for you. But yet we have to grieve it because that's, that's how our emotional system is set up. So if you can grieve it and let it go, as opposed to letting it stick, as I say, grief is a sticky, mit- mis- excuse me, grief is a sticky mistress. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have to, if you don't grieve things, they get stuck and we don't think to grieve them because we didn't want them in the first place. 
because yes, because who wants to experience a loss of any kind? Correct. So if we ignore that loss or just say, oh, it didn't bother me. Well, deep down or somewhere in your in your respiratory system, there's a little bit of grief and that causes a chi imbalance. So, so there's certain I, exercises you can do that we can do to clear that grief out of the lungs. And, and once we do them, people miraculously, they just go, oh, my lungs expanded. Like they feel they can, they get a quarter or third more capacity just in their breathing, just by letting go some of that cantankerous or, or held on energy. Yeah. So, so Scott, over the, in your work that you did over the last year during a, a, you know, a lockdown pandemic open and closed situation around the world, did you find lots of people experiencing grief? What was, what was like some of the main emotions that individuals were getting stuck in? Right. Um, seeing who they truly are. Mm. Uh, taking a moment, going inside. When you were stuck in our houses for six months, I mean, a lot of us never left the house for six months at a time. Yeah, You're your own roommate at that point. So the socialization wasn't there. So you had to sit with yourself. And a lot of people started saying, wow, there's things about me that I would really like to change or to shift out of. And a lot of that stuff has to do with self-worth, mm-hmm. self-esteem. Um, the healing energy in the quantum realm is linked to self-esteem. If you feel worthy and your body's worthy, then your body will heal itself. So self-esteem and healing energy are, are almost synonymous to me. Yeah. And it's, it strikes me in the work that I do it, uh, that a majority of the people that come to me or come to you, it strikes me as a majority of them have an esteem issue of some kind. Um, well, my clients range through several different takes, you know, the creativity is one. So sometimes you're, if you want to express yourself creatively, your self-esteem takes a hit. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about overcoming traumas and things like that. It's about self-expression, feeling comfortable with who you are in your own body. And then you're able to talk about things going on in your life. Um, which leads me to intuition. A lot of us, you know, I had major issues talking about my intuition growing up to the point that I just never did. Mm -hmm. And now it's on my business card. So I have to sort of let people know about it. That's why, you know, I, that sets me apart from, from different types of therapy, but if accepting people's intuition, this is another thing I've noticed over the last year and a half is people are coming into their own and there's no one to talk about it. Right. And so that first chakra is still, what do we do? Where do we go? What do we attach to? Right. If you're feeling or sensing energies or you want to help somebody or your empathy is off the charts, then you want to talk to somebody about it. But sometimes a lot of us are really self-conscious about talking about intuition. You know, so, it's interesting. I, I just had um, lunch last week or the week before with this couple and, and um, the, the spouse was, wanting to talk about, you know, energy and metaphysical things. And, and, and I'm like, yeah, let's do a course that, you know, and at, at, toward the end of the evening, he goes, I don't know anybody else I can talk to about this stuff. And I'm thinking, who are you hanging out with? Because oh, it's, it's more common than it's not. I get a lot of male clients who oh, it's almost like a breath of fresh air for them because oh, it's, thank not, God it's you're working not accepted to talk to them. Yeah. You know, plumbers and electricians call me and say, I feel shit. I feel stuff. I know what's going to happen. Or I know when my wife's in a bad mood and there's something inside my body that I can't express it. 
So we deal with, I deal with a lot of people like that, trying to turn, come in tune to themselves and in tune to their intuition. And a lot of times it's the same thing. I know it was personally in my case. I mean, the same I had, thing how? What do you mean? Well, I had shrinks growing up and I'd say, uh, you know, I dream the future or sometimes something happens and it, it's all about my intuition. And they say, oh, we don't want to talk about that or let's, let's deal with that another time. Yeah. Whereas for me, I was over feeling and over sensing and I tried to express it and I was shut down. So that's something I help people with the over perceivers, people who have big satellite dishes and, and not big buildings to, to put them on. So try to get people grounded in their body, then their intuition can not flourish per se, but be accepted um, and be utilized. If you overfeel, you're picking up way too information and you can't metabolize it. You can't get a handle on it. And that's, and, and that's been some of the work you've done with me this last year is, is yeah. because my uh, intuitive ha has expanded and grown and I'm picking up a whole bunch of other sensory stuff, uh, dimensional stuff. And, yeah. and then I'm not aware of, like we said, I said right before we came on and I'm not aware. I know that the body's still here and part of me is in the body, but where else am I? And how do I call those pieces back? Right. And where's the discernment for what you're picking up? Right. Is it mine? Correct. And, uh, yeah. should you be feeling just because you can, should you be? You know, question. big, big part of being psychic is just because you can doesn't mean you should. And I and, got chills on that I, right there. Yeah. I learned that once a week. <laughs> I learned that once a week because a lot of us know stuff about people that we don't intend to put our foot in our mouth. We're trying to help. They never may have never said anything to us, but somehow we know what part of their story is. Mm -hmm. So that's why when my clients come to me and they, they want to tell me their story for 15 minutes, like uh, I'm a shrink, I say, no, 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 no. Just think about what your issue is. And then I can sense where in the body it's pinging or it sort of darkens or gets lighter mm -hmm. for me. It either mm -hmm. lights up or gets really dense and, and, and shadowy. And so then I'm drawn to that part of the body or I'm drawn to that part of your story. You know, I appreciate that you said that because a lot of my clients want to do the same thing that, that it's almost like they don't talk to anybody. I'm like, really? D did you need to tell me all that? Because let's well, just get oh, down to the job. Well, because that's the society we're in is, is it has to be expressed. Yeah, well, you're yeah. expressing a story that's been maligned over 30 years. So I don't want to hear it. I'm not being rude. It's just not going to do our work any good. And if you talk to me for 15 minutes, that's 14 minutes. We could have been doing energy work. Right. But people, when they get really excited and they feel like they're compelled to tell you their story and I completely get it. But the minute you start it, I can see where the body's already pinging. So I don't need the denouement of the story or the climax of the story because I already see where your body's being affected by it. So Scott, t could you share without names or anything, um, uh, one client experience where the, the individual came in and there was so much pinging and, and hooks and barbs and, you know, like what's the, what was like the worst case scenario you had to uh, work through with someone? So it, the worst case would be, once again, a judgment. If, if you have an entity attached to your emotional psyche, that's, that's bad for you. But I Why? can't make it a gradation between one person's and another person's. I can tell you that in the last couple of years, I've noticed a lot of people's similar to that cloaked part of their psyche. There's 
old thought patterns that get stuck in their either their body or their brain or their system. And those thought patterns almost become like entities. Oh, wow. And then they have to be asked to be removed because they, they take on a mind of their own. Now, this isn't a ghost. This isn't a full-fledged thinking thing. This is just a rudimentary thought pattern that almost turns, in, turns into something parasitic in the system. Parasitic a is a good word. Yeah, it attaches to the spine or it attaches to the liver or it attaches mm-hmm. to the spleen. And I sense where these are. And then we have a talk with it. The, the client has a talk with it, asks it to leave. Um, they generally have names. Some have bosses. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's very interesting work. But interesting. the catharsis is, is exceptional when people release it because they feel it and they sense it themselves. I'm only there to guide them through the explanation. They're doing the work and they're, they're asking it to leave and it leaves, they sent it on their own, their, their own right. And it's, it's really miraculous. Mm-hmm. People are getting tired of sitting with their maligned energy. Mm-hmm. Some, a lot of people don't know how to ask for help. Well, and that's why they, they just sit with that energy. And walk yes. around with it and don't even know it's like walking around having your your back out and and you don't know that you're walking hunched over until it get the, the spine re- gets realigned somehow and then you're like wow i didn't realize i was a hunchback for so long right i sense them as almost energetic goiters oh wow like or eels that attach to different mm-hmm. parts of the body mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. we've done that work You've yes. done that work with me because I, I had so much stuff going on and, and, and it, is, and for me, I think I was that person that had those old thought patterns that were becoming mm-hmm. like they were getting. So I was giving them so much attention without realizing it, that they were kind of taking over my entire system at, at one point. Right. A lot of times they're like windows running in the background of your computer, taking up data space or taking up Wi-Fi space or however that works. And, but you don't see it on the screen. It's, it's behind, it's, it's cached, it's hidden behind it, but it's still running in the background. So that's one of the things I like about my work is I help people with that catharsis to get rid of these energy patterns that are succubi, that are sort of parasitical. Mm-hmm. And then once they do that, the term I've been using lately is a spiritual, spiritual malaise. Yes. They feel their spiritual malaise lifting off of them, or they feel uh, that heavy blanket of maybe depression or, or not feeling safe in their own self that lifts. And once that lifts, as I said, that self-esteem in- injects itself in, and then you have a real healing opportunity. Yeah. It sounds like it's almost like some of us, me, I'm raising my hand. Sometimes uh, we don't even realize we've thrown that, that blanket, that cloak over us and we're suffocating that esteem that's, that's there all the time. It's not like it doesn't leave and go somewhere else. We're just closing it off for some reason. Correct. Well, say you get divorced in your twenties or thirties and now you're happily remarried just because you're happily remarried doesn't take the trauma away from the divorce. And so uncoiling from that ideology, uncoiling from the individual themselves, um, the ex-partner, if you will, that's a, a real cornerstone of my work is helping people detach from things, processes, or people that are vexing their system or causing them harm. Once I, I wrote a couple of weeks ago that detachment is connection. 
And I know that Wait, sounds say that oxymoron. again. Say that De- again. Detachment is connection. Okay. And I know that sounds oxymoronic, but what I mean is when you detach from these stories or these betrayals uh. or these ex-partners, once that detachment is, is experienced by you, then you have a real opportunity to connect with yourself. But if you're connecting to all these old stories or all these old people that have betrayed you, you still have some energetic tendril, as I see them, connected to them, then you're feeling depleted and you're not even knowing why. And if we release those tendrils or bring them back into your body, then you have a more sense of detaching from what's causing you harm and you have an opportunity to connect with your own self somatically, energetically, intuitively. Okay, so let me ask you this, because I do this all the time. I'm really trying to turn it off, Scott. I I really am. But I'll, I'll, I'll get up in the morning and I'm starting fresh, right? I'm not going to think about that X. And then something will happen. Not even something happens. All of a sudden, then I'm like, well, you know, maybe read it. And my mind starts going and I'm like, that's it. Stop, stop. So are those little, uh, so are those thought patterns that kind of regenerate sometimes, are those red flags that I am now, I'm, I'm hooked again? with him by him or it or is it sending yeah it's interesting when you talk about it you kept moving your hands here when you just talked about that this part of the back of your Mm -hmm. your neck like lit up to me yeah and it just sends energy up and down imagine i get i say this a lot have you ever seen a child that's frustrated and they put their their hands in fists and they put them down at the ground oh yeah 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 and they put the 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 kid goes like this and they're frustrated because they can't get the words out Well, if you do that, and then you feel that in the back of your neck there, that's the same sort of similar energy is is the frustration. You have to accept that you were frustrated and move on. Wanting to stay frustrated then keeps the story alive. Oh, God. Yeah. And then your body reacts to that story. Oh, and every so time I get said, a massage, the guy, the people go to my neck and they're like, what is going on here? And oh, I'm yeah. Like, I mean, even talking the minute you brought that story up, I could sense the back of your neck just went. Yay. Yeah. No, which is interesting because we did a session the other day, you and I, and we worked on the back of your throat chakra. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I'm just curious if that if, if that is a for, for people that are listening, if there if there is a story that they're running, that might be the clue that that's the thing you most need to let go of or readdress, Correct. reobserve. Correct. Yep. But not dive into. Don't rehash it rehashing it just digs the groove back in deeper and and just gives you another opportunity to not let go of it okay but see so so, you know sometimes i'm just reacting for everybody that's listening because sometimes people just want to do that i've noticed that you know like i had a client the other day like you said 20 minutes of the story i'm like uh, trying to divert let's move on and then we did the session and there was, there was a, a shift. And as soon as the session was over, she picked that story up and took it with her. I'm like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Cause the rehashing is the thing that for some people they think they're doing work by rehashing it. Correct. That is not true. Right. No, I don't want to share in your pain. I want to help you release it. So don't tell me how bad you feel. I can sense how bad you feel. Yeah, yeah. The more you tell me how bad you feel, then you get to feel bad one more time. Right. So don't tell me how bad you feel. I get it. You came to me for a reason. You came right. to me to help you feel better. So that's that's a given. 
So Scott, a lot of the work you do is with people that have experienced um, trauma, mm-hmm. uh, uh, whether it's from being with a narcissist or physical and mental abuse of, from family of origin. And, um, and what would you say to those people? What, what, what's the one thing just to give them a reference on, on what they could do next for themselves? Oh, embodiment. Embodiment. Okay. Yeah, the other embod- thing, the not other- embody, the, embody the trauma. No, don't embody the trauma. Embody your body. The other thing I would add to that list is bullying. Oh, my God. Bullying bullying has such a negative effect on people's psyches that they bring it home even in their family. It can can taint a whole household because it just really robs the person of their sense of self. So one of the ways I help people start this process is to embody themselves, feel back into their body. My mentor, when I first met him, he, and I had tried, suffered through talk therapists that just weren't getting it. And I met this man, Dr. Michael Picucci, who had won a National Institute of Health Award for his work in somatics. Um, and he asked me how my body felt. And I didn't want to tell him, how dare you ask me that? Because I didn't want to be in my body. Once I gleaned how important it is, and this was a decade and a half ago or more, um, it now is one of the major cornerstones of my work is to help people feel embodied and safe in their own body. A lot safe of that list that body, you made, yeah. a lot of the list that you listed off means that the person didn't feel safe in their own skin, in their own household. So readjusting that nervous system to an adult harmonic, to a safe harmonic, to mm-hmm. a place of self-esteem, mm-hmm. that's where healing can become um continuous or uh it can really have a a a a take on your nervous system to calm it down and then you approach the world differently absolutely yeah absolutely um uh, and so by saying embody your body i'm being i'm you've reminded me that that's the thing i gotta do instead of trying to get away from the body i currently own right now well and and you see it you see it through ailments Oh, my knee hurts. Take a pill so you don't feel it. No, it hurts for a reason. It wants to be acknowledged. It wants to be seen. So if you have a physical ailment, put your hands on it. Use your mind's eye, close your eyes and go into that part of your body and ask it what it's trying to tell you. Don't take a pill to try and mute it because you're not healing anything at that point. You're just ignoring it or detaching from it in a a non-healthy way. Right. And the body will continue to... uh be in pain until you pay attention. Correct. That's, yeah. that's kind of, to me, I think that's kind of the root of a, a lot of disease is the body trying to get our attention that there's something we're, we're not paying attention to. And it may not be a physical thing. It may just be a, a belief system thing. Correct. But our society says, take a pill, you'll feel better. Take a pill yeah. to ignore it. Take a pill to sequester yeah. it. Put yeah. it on the sidelines. Yeah. Well, if it stays on the sidelines, it's going to stay there forever. Yeah. So yeah. Scott Clover, you are, uh, I, well, your gift to me, I, I don't know if I've told you that enough, but I'm telling you now on air, you're a gift to me. And I really greatly ap- appreciate who you are and your skill set and the compassion that you bring to the work that you do. Thank and, you. And, and the, appreciate that. the divine intelligence that flows through you because it's pretty powerful. So uh, it can be. Yes. <laughs> you and I, you and I've had some pretty great experiences, I would say in the healing. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I remember um, a certain Walt Whitman play, a Walt Whitman poem coming to mind. The web sing the body electric. Oh yeah. Yeah. Body the body electric. Yeah. Yeah. I looked that up. Yeah. It was interesting. Um, <laughs> so, uh, if people want to get in touch with you to book a session or find out more about what you do, where do they go? Uh, scottclover.com. My name is Scott Clover and my that's my website. I also have a podcast on all the platforms. It's called the Intuitive Energy Podcast with Scott Clover. And there I talk about intuition, healing, self-worth, self-esteem, boundaries. Um, a lot of what we talked about today, but I, I, you know, each episode has a different take on, on how people sense, feel energy, how they can help heal themselves through understanding their own energetic systems. I, and so I love that. Check you out the website or check out the podcast. I'd appreciate it. So say the name of the podcast again, Scott. The Intuitive Energy Podcast. Energy. Okay. Um, thank you so much, my friend and, and, and helpmate and healer and all all that stuff i really appreciate it. thanks for taking time today oh i appreciate you thanks for having me yeah it's always a pleasure so until next time i'm just gonna say and so it is namaste well that wraps up our empowering chat today i hope you enjoyed it and if you did go to susanburrell.com you can see all of the information about my new book live an empowered life a 30-day journey you can also access guided meditations that I have on Insight Timer through the website and just see what else is out there on my site that you might find empowering and exciting to experience. You can also contact me through the website at susan at So that's it for today. See you next time. <laughs>